Welcome to the Small Ball Podcast. Welcome back to the Small Ball Podcast. Welcome back to the Small Ball Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Small Ball Podcast brought to you by Showcase Sports Media. I'm your host, Matt Gregory, and today we have a fantastic episode of baseball. But first, let's hop into the Rockies. Uh, they are a circus. British and Monfort, I don't know what they're doing. I guess they don't like baseball anymore. They don't want to have a job in it after this. So British attempted to take the blame for the Nolan Arenado trade by saying, if we're looking to pass the blame, you can blame me. But Monfort wasn't having any of that. Woody Page of the Colorado Springs Gazette asked if he considered firing the GM, and Monfort said, no, I haven't thought about firing Jeff. I have thought about firing myself. If that sounds like he might be interested in selling ownership, think again. Mark Kisla of the Denver Post flat out asked Monfort if he would consider selling the franchise. Monfort bluntly and arrogantly replied, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I, what? Like, what is up with these guys? I feel like they're in their feelings, but this is something that they brought upon themselves. If you don't want people to be mad at you, then don't go out and trade the best third baseman in baseball, give up $50 million with him, and then... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And get a 26-year-old left-handed pitcher in return that hasn't really done much in the bigs. All right, whatever. We'll move past that. Into other news, uh, the Padres, they signed Mark Melanson. You know, I like that move, actually. Uh, I think they got him for a little bit cheaper than what they would have got Kirby Yates for, and I think they're going to have about similar production this year. Mark Melanson's definitely been one of the best closers, best relievers in baseball for the last five, six years. You know, he was overpaid for a while. He was the highest paid reliever in baseball, but now I think they got him on a they got him on a generous contract. Good good contract for the Padres, good contract for Mark. And you know, I think they're going to do big things this year. So, getting a guy like that, an arm that's reliable, an arm that knows that all the good comes in waves. You know, a guy that understands that he's going to have a bad game, but he can bounce back and have three good ones. You know, anybody that doesn't always get too low or too high. That's the thing about having a young team like the Padres is they either get really high or they can get really, really low. So bringing in guys like that, seasoned veterans, it's always really good for them because they'll be able to have a guy that knows not to get too high, not to get too low, always be the same person and performs the best you can. So, yeah, I really do like that signing, if you, didn't, if you couldn't tell. Uh, the Red Sox, they traded Andrew Benintendi to Kansas City. Um, yeah, I mean, they got back a couple prospects. I saw this coming. Benintendi never has really loved, lived up to the hype that he was supposed to live up to. You know, he's had a couple okay years. Uh, his defense even struggled last year, which was kind of weird because that was the one thing he was known for was being a fantastic defender. But, you know, that outfield's crowded now. They've got Kike who can play outfield. They've got potentially JBJ coming back who can play outfield. They've got Alex Verdugo. They also have guys like Hunter Renfro and Franchi Cordero. So, you know, that outfield's kind of loaded right now. Uh, and Benintendi didn't really fit in. I don't know what they're going to do with JBJ. I kind of think this might be the shot for them to bring him back. But the Red Sox, you know, I definitely had a lot of criticism for them coming into this offseason. I think they didn't address the one thing they really did need to address in their starting pitching. How do you know what you're going to get out of Chris Sale, who just had Tommy John? How do you know what you're going to get out of Eduardo Rodriguez, who was sick all of last season? He never could get back to full health. Now, I'm hoping these guys bounce back and they have fantastic years, but you really don't know. And having those two at the top, and, you know, I don't really know if they're going to be top two pitchers next year, number one and number two in a rotation. So I think they should have went out and got at least one more really good arm. I mean, Richards, I mean, I guess. But I don't know. I think they really needed to go out and get a guy that'd be a solidified good starter. He doesn't have to be great. A guy that's going to have a 3-5 ERA, he's going to go out and he's going to eat innings every day. That's the type of guy they need to go get. 
Next up, we got the Dodgers. I don't really understand what they're doing. I know they have enough young arms. Um, I know they have like seven potential starting pitchers. Uh, but they're dismantling their bullpen by moving Adam Kolarik and Dylan Floro. You know, the Dodgers, they definitely already had struggles in the bullpen, and now we're going back to a 162-game season. So I don't understand the moves to trade uh, some of their better arms. I mean, Dylan Floro is only 31. He had a really good year. Uh, Kolarik is one of the better lefties in their bullpen. So, yeah, I don't really know after Jake McGee left, too. I'm not saying Jake McGee's great. I'm not saying any of these guys are great. But it's one of those things where it's kind of interesting to watch them let these guys walk or trade them when they really don't have all of that in the bullpen. Uh, you know, it's the Dodgers, though. They're definitely going to figure it out. I mean, I guess Dustin May can come out of the bullpen. He's definitely destined to be a starter, but he definitely could be a guy that comes out of the bullpen. Him, Urias, you never know. All right, fair enough. Gonsolin, okay, I'm talking myself into understanding why they did it. And lastly, uh, in current news, we actually have a reunion, a homecoming, if you could say. Uh, Jake Arrieta and the Cubs agreed to a $6 million deal, and a lot of people are not happy about it, and a lot of people are happy about it. So I'm going to break it down. I'm going to try to be as neutral as possible on this. Um, so since leaving the Cubs in 2018 and pitching three years with the Phillies, Arietta has definitely been uh, back to who he was at the beginning of his career. Uh, if you just look at his whip the last three years, 1.29, 1.47, 1.51, uh, now, he's been really injured. Uh, I think the only full year they had him was 2018. He had a 3.96 ERA, which is all right. It's serviceable, but it's definitely not worth the money that you paid to get the guy that was one aside young, the guy that was coming off a World Series, you know, and he came off a 3.53 ERA the year before he left, too. Uh, this signing, I don't really know yet. I mean, Jake Arrieta, the problem with him is he's kind of hard-headed. Uh, since leaving Chicago, he struggled with health, and he's overthrowing his sinker. I don't know why, but Jake Arrieta believes that the best pitch in the game is his sinker low in the zone. Hopefully getting into the clubhouse back with Tommy Hadovy, with the Cubs guys, he'll listen to them. Uh, maybe David Ross can convince him that, you know, your low sinker isn't the only pitch. You're going to have to throw your other stuff. You're going to have to get your other stuff effectively. And if he can do that, you know, I think this is a low-risk, high-reward signing. Because worst-case scenario, he's bad. We leave him at the end of the year. Best-case scenario, he's good. We either take him into the playoffs or we trade him at the deadline, which is, I feel like, what we're going to do with a lot of the guys this offseason because the Cubs have 13 of their 26 players that are going to be free agents in 2021. This is going to be a very interesting season to watch the Cubs. You know, they're either going to be really good and they're going to hold on to their guys, or they're going to be middle of the pack like they were the last couple years, and they're going to trade their whole system away and they're going to rebuild completely. Now... We're hopping into the MLB Top 100 rankings. This episode is 100 through 50. Are you excited? I am. At number 100, Randy Arozarena, outfielder for the Rays. Uh, in 2020, he was not ranked. You know, I don't really know how I feel about this yet because in 2019, this guy played 19 games. In 2020, he played 23 games. And he's, only a, he's a career 286 hitter in, what, 42 regular season games? Now, I'm not going to knock what the kid did in the playoffs. He played fantastic. You know, he's one of the best hitters. He probably was the best hitter in the playoffs, definitely. Him and Corey Seager, two guys that were just on a different level. But the thing about that that I've learned is he's kind of like Tyler Hero, if you watch the NBA. You know, Tyler Hero came out, and he had a fantastic NBA playoffs in the bubble. And he came into this year, and he hasn't been what people wanted him to be, you know, because those are unrealistic expectations to have on such a young player. Rosarena's literally played in 42 major league games. I don't know if I'd put him top 100 yet, considering some of the guys that were left off because he was put on this list. At number 99, Trey Mancini, outfielder for the Orioles. 2020, he wasn't ranked. Now, this is actually really interesting. 
because he's only 28 years old, and I thought he was way, 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 way older. But for Trey Mancini to be not ranked before and now make his way onto the list after not playing in 2020 is definitely interesting, you know? Uh, he had some sickness. Uh, prayers up for Trey. I'm happy he's doing better. I'm happy he's going to be back on the field this year. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's definitely going to have a huge 2021. Definitely a guy that the Orioles may look to trade because he really doesn't fit their timeline. Guys like Rutschman, you know, they're still like 23. And Trey Mancini's 28. And I don't think that's the type of guy that fits the timeline of when you're going to be good again. Because you know what? I don't really know if they're going to be good. Number 90, designated hitter for the Boston Red Sox, J.D. Martinez. This guy is one of the best pure hitters in baseball, and he is unbelievably low. If you, oh my goodness, if you look at some of these guys above him, I am not happy. Uh, even the guy right above him is kind of going to fire me up. J.D. Martinez, definitely one of the best pure hitters in baseball, has been one of them for the past eight, nine years. J.D. Martinez is just that spark plug bat in the lineup. I don't think there's many guys in baseball like him. Uh, the best comparison I can think of is Nick Castellanos. He kind of is like him, but he's definitely like the Walmart version, and that guy's a good hitter. I haven't had a real chance to take an extensive look at this list, but if a guy like Nick Castellanos is above J.D. Martinez, I'm just going to ask how, because they've been the same player the last couple years, and I'd say Martinez has been marginally better. At number 97, we got Giancarlo Stanton, outfielder slash DH for the New York Yankees. No. Uh, just no. I think if you're going to put Martinez at 98, you got to put Stanton below him. Uh, for the sheer reason that Martinez has played more, uh, they both are DHs now. Stanton definitely had a cannon in the outfield, was a good outfielder, but he's not an outfielder anymore. So don't rate him above a DH that's better hitter than him. So, yeah, that's my take on that. I don't believe Stanton belongs ahead of Martinez. I believe they belong in the same ballpark. And they don't even belong this low, if I'm being completely honest. At number 96... Uh, this is kind of unbelievable that this guy is this low. I think it's because recency bias, what he did in the postseason. Uh, Tyler Glass now, starting pitcher for the Rays. Last year he was number 92. Uh, he does need to develop another pitch. I completely agree with that. Uh, his fastball and curveball are good, but people are figuring him out. If you only have two pitches, you're probably not going to be that great. you know. And it doesn't have anything to do with how good of a pitcher he's going to be. It just has to do with how effective he's going to be long term. At number 95, we got Josh Hader, and this is just absolutely blasphemous. Um, I said extremely low. That's it. That's the tweet. Josh Hader is arguably the most dominant reliever in baseball. I mean, I would the only guy that I'd say that's more dominant than him is the guy on his team. Hader comes in, throws a 7th, 8th, and ninth. His ERA is going to be higher because he's asked to pitch way more innings than everyone else. I think this is extremely disrespectful to have Josh Hader all the way down at 95, especially below the two guys that are above him who haven't really proved anything. At number 94, Luis Robert, it's not Robert. Go back, listen to his first interview. He said, it's Robert, but you can call me Robert. So Luis Robert, at number 94, I mean, I like this kid a lot, but I feel like he really hasn't proved anything yet. So yeah, that's my take on Luis Robert. I don't really understand this next ranking. Maybe they were doing themes. Uh, Kyle Lewis, at 93, outfielder for the Mariners. Last year, obviously not ranked because he was a rookie as well as Robert. Uh, he's a little low because he was the rookie of the year. He's a young stud in the making. You know, he was way better than Robert, uh, offensively at least. Uh, they both were pretty good defensively. Kyle Lewis has an underrated glove. I, you know, I'm not mad about him being at 93 just because he's so young. Uh, but it's kind of weird to see how they weigh the 2020 season into where these rankings are. Uh, because guys like J.D. Martinez are so low. Uh, Trey Mancini jumped onto the list when he didn't play. Josh Hader fell 21 spots. So I really don't understand that, but that's all right. At number 92, a guy that really struggled last year, went from 45 to 92, Austin Meadows. 
This is a guy I really like, a guy acquired in the Chris Archer trade, and you know what they did? They got him, they got Tyler Glasnow, and then they brought back Chris Archer. The Rays, ah, man, their front office is kind of smart. I think they're going to turn around Chris Archer's career, uh, but Austin Meadows, once again, this guy, um, he definitely can climb back up the list. I think he just had a tough 2020 season. You know, a lot of guys did. It was kind of hard to get going. It was just an odd season. So, yeah, Austin Meadows, 92. Number 91, a guy that's just never lived up to his initial hype, Byron Buxton. You know, 2020 was fantastic for him, actually. Uh, 60 games, we saw great Byron Buxton. I want to see that going forward. I want to see Byron Buxton up in the top 30s, top 40, because this guy's defense, I'd say it's second to none. He covers so much ground in the outfield. It's kind of fantastic to watch. I love Byron Buxton. I definitely think he could be a little bit higher after the year he had, but I guess we're trying to figure out how they weighed 2020. Byron Buxton, fantastic 2020. Great defender, great all-around baseball player. I like to see the power and the average come up a little bit, but I feel like those are things that are come up a little bit more over time. Number 90, Yoan Moncada from the Chicago White Sox. He's a third baseman. Last year, he was ranked number 60. Uh, you know, he's a solid professional hitter. Uh, he normally hits pretty good average, and his glove is coming around too. So Yoan Moncada is definitely a guy you need to watch out for if you're a fan of the South Side or you're a team in that AL Central division. I think he's going to have a pretty good 2021. This guy, yeah, he's really good. Uh, number 89, outfielder for the Mets, Brandon Nimmo. Last year he wasn't ranked. I mean, yeah, sure, he had a good year. Uh, this is a guy that's probably going to hover around this range for the like, next three or four years and then fall off. Uh, that's not to say he's not a good player. Being a top 100 player in baseball is fantastic. But Brandon Nimmo, I don't really see the star potential in him, but I definitely see the potential to be a good player uh, and be good for a while. At number 88, this is the guy that the Red Sox acquired in the Mookie Betts trade, the biggest piece. Alex Verdugo, outfielder. You know, obviously last year he wasn't ranked. He didn't play too much in 2019. Uh, so coming into 2021, I think this guy has huge potential. Huge potential. He's a pretty good defender out there. They're moving him from left to center. Uh, you know, he's a really good guy. He's got a good bat. It's going to be weird to see if his power comes along. Now, I know he had decent power numbers, but I want to see that power over a 162-game season. If he hits 30, 35 home runs, he's going to hit for 280, 290, almost 300 average. This kid is going to be a beast. Uh, number 87, Joey Gallo. Outfielder for the Rangers, 2020, he was number 64. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, Joey Gallo's on this list because of his power. Now, obviously, the power in his bat, the ability that he has to walk, he's a good batter's eye, he still strikes out a lot. But the reason I think he's so high is because he's an underrated defender. This guy can play first, third, and the whole outfield. And he plays them all very, very well. Joey Gallo is an extremely good defender. And yeah, I think that this is a good spot for him. I think he can fly up and fly down based on his power numbers. Uh, he's never going to hit for a high average. At number 86, from the Cincinnati Reds, starting pitcher. Last year, he was not ranked. Sonny Gray, this is well-deserved. This guy is a professional. This guy is freaking hilarious, too. If you listen to some of the things he says... I'm a big fan of Sonny Gray. I like listening to the things he has to say. This guy cracks me up. Um, and you know, his voice definitely does not sound the way you think it would. Sonny Gray's got a little pimp in his step, a little pimp in his voice. 86 is a good spot. You know, he was highly touted when he was young. Went to the Yankees, had the bad start. You know, he didn't really pitch well. Came back to the Reds, and he's been phenomenal. So Sonny Gray at 86, I like it. Number 85, this, is, this guy's, you know... I think he should be a little bit higher because I think he's one of the best young pitchers in the game. Luis Castillo, starting pitcher for the Reds. In 2020, he was 91. Go and look at this guy's trade history. 
I feel like this guy's been traded for every single player in baseball, and he's actually a pretty good pitcher. You know, I put him a little bit higher. I like Luis Castillo. This guy is a stud. Number 84, you know, okay, hometown bias apart. This is extremely disrespectful. Kyle Hendricks, no, not at all. This guy is a career three ERA guy. He's been consistent. You know, he goes deep into games, and he can. He is versatile. His game is going to age so well, too. And I know those things really don't go into ranking a pitcher. But, God, Kyle Hendricks, this is a guy where you just need to go look up his stats. Watch him pitch a game. You know, he always has that one or two games a year where he absolutely dominates the Cardinals. Kyle Hendricks, severely underrated. He's definitely an ace in baseball, and people don't give him credit for it. So, yeah, Kyle Hendricks at 84. I'm not really too excited about that, but I can't complain about it. Number 83, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Oh, my goodness. Outfielder for the Blue Jays. Last year, he was not ranked. This guy absolutely <laughs> destroys the baseball when he makes contact. Honestly, I'm a big fan of his. I think him, Teoscar Hernandez, and those boys down in Toronto or up in Toronto, my bad. I think they're going to be pretty good for some years to come, and I think he's going to be a big part of it. Number 82, this one makes me really happy to see. Uh, Salvador Perez, a guy that wasn't ranked. Uh, he had a huge bounce back year in 2020. The thing that scares me is, you know, he's getting a little up there in age. Is it going to be sustainable? Is he going to be able to continue to be good, especially on a team like the Kansas City Royals that doesn't really have a direction right now? It's going to be, you know, I don't really know what to say about him because when it gets into the dog days of summer, is Salvador Perez still going to be the guy he was in that 60-game season? I'm not sure. 81, Wilson Contreras, you know, 2020, he was 79, catcher for the Cubs. I mean, I get it. I get it. He's been really inconsistent. He's either really good or he's, you know, whatever. Um, his framing has improved a lot. <clears throat> I get it. But like I said, I'm personally not a fan. I think he could be a little bit higher. Number 80. Now this is where it gets really weird. Blake Snell, left-handed pitcher for the Padres. Last year he was 83. Blake Snell's underrated. Blake Snell is so incredibly underrated, it's making me sick to my stomach. I'm looking at these guys that come up above him next and I am fired up. Blake Snell at 80, absolutely disrespectful. This guy is a reigning, not a reigning, but he's a XI Young Award winner. He's going to a place where he's going to dominate, a place where he's going to shove, a place where the coach isn't going to pitch, take him out after 73 pitches when he's shoving. Blake Snell, great pitcher. Number 79, and this is where it gets upsetting. This guy is a great pitcher. I'm not taking him over Kyle Hendricks. I'm not taking him over Blake Snell. I'm not taking him over Luis Castillo. I'm not taking him over Sonny Gray. Kenta Maeda. What? Are you kidding me? J just the guy he's... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll argue everybody else later. But just being over Snell? Are you kidding me? Kenta Maeda, yeah, he had a good 2020. But this guy's never been that good for that long. He either has a good regular season and is absolutely garbage in the playoffs, or vice versa. I feel like I've never seen this guy set himself in stone as being a legit ace when you look at... Blake Snell is an ace. Kyle Hendricks is an ace. Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, those are good number twos at, or aces. I man, oh, man. Kenta Maeda, I don't think he's ever going to be better than the number two, number three. So seeing him at 79 is kind of weird for me. At number 78, <laughs> this guy's good. But I'm just laughing because I think he is way too high. Uh, Gio Urshela, yeah, my comment, I'll take Mankata. Gio Urshela is definitely a good player. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if your inconsistency is what bothers this, the list makers, 
Give me Moncada. That's, yeah. All right. Cool. Number 77. This is another one. This guy, this just, this gets my blood boiling. This guy's one of my favorite players in baseball. Maybe it's just because I understand baseball more than these sports writers who made this list. Uh, Whit Merrifield, outfield slash second baseman. Please stop sleeping on Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield is consistently going to hit 300, hit about 15 to 20 home runs, steal about 30 to 40 bases, and play great defense. I don't understand how he can be at number 77. What? Like, oh, I'll get to the guys above him, but are you kidding me? Whit Merrifield there? Oh my goodness, I just don't see it anymore. I don't understand where the, what the writers, what is, their, what is their bias against Whit Merrifield? I think he's a years better player than Gio Urshela has ever been. Every year. Every year. And he's on a cheap contract, and he's a great hitter. He's a leadoff hitter. He's a leader. I just don't get it. Whit Merrifield belongs way higher than 77. At number 76, outfielder for the Rockies, Chuck Nasty, Charlie Blackman. This is a guy that's, you know, he might finish his career in Colorado just because he kind of looks like a Colorado boy. <laughs> Um, in my opinion, this is kind of low, but like I said, the Rockies are whack, and I feel like they kind of take the Coors Field effect into account. I don't know. Uh, Charlie Blackman at 76. I mean, he went up nine spots after almost hitting 350. So yeah, whatever. Charlie Blackman, 76. Number 75, and this is this is where my gets my blood boiling again. Lance Lynn, starting pitcher for the White Sox. Last year, he was not ranked. Um... Give me Blake Snell and Kyle Hendricks over Lance Lynn every day and two times on Sunday. I think this is actually kind of disrespectful that Lance Lynn is ranked this highly over those guys. Uh, Lance Lynn's good, but Lance Lynn throws his fastball 90% of the time. And Lance Lynn pitched in Texas in a division that was struggling. Um, I, oh my gosh, I don't know. I mean, you could use that same argument for the other guys, I guess, so I'm going to leave that out. But are you kidding me? Lance Lynn over Hendricks? over Snell, over Castillo, over Gray. I don't know, man. If you offer me a trade, Kyle Hendricks for Lance Lynn straight up, I'm saying no, I want Kyle Hendricks. I don't want Lance Lynn. But okay, all right, fine. This is a guy that's definitely been inconsistent when he's had to go to good teams. Look at him with the Yankees. I mean, good. He was cool with the Cardinals, kind of. And then they got good, and he kind of got bad. And the same thing when he went to the Yankees. He really wasn't that good. Trade him to Texas where he's pitching meaningless innings a lot. Oh, he's good. Wow. Surprise, surprise in the new ballpark. All right, whatever. Number 74, uh, Denelson Lamette, starting pitcher for the Padres. Obviously, last year he wasn't ranked. Uh, this guy's a good young pitcher. He has fantastic upside. If he can channel his control just a little bit more, I think he's going to be really good. This is the guy before the 2020 season that I said the Padres were going to fly if he flew. And you know what he did? He flew high, and the Padres, they flew high. If they can get a lot out of him this year, man, it's going to be a nasty rotation because he's their number, what, three? That's crazy. And with the healthy Clevenger, is he their number four? Oh, man. This is going to be a good team to watch. Number 73, Marcus Semien. Shortstop, now for the Toronto Blue Jays. 2020, he was ranked number 30. At that point, I definitely thought he was a little overrated. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, he had one and a half, maybe .75, good years. And he jumped all the way up to 30. So, yeah. Uh, Marcus Semien, I, I don't know, man. I think he's still kind of underrated. I think he's going to have a good year out in Toronto. I don't really know what position he's going to play. Are they going to move Bichette to second? Are they going to move him to second? Where's Biggio going to play then? Who's going to play third? Vladdy Guerrero lost all that weight because he didn't want to play first base. He wanted to play third. He didn't want to DH. 
Uh, they got a packed infield. I think they should have went out and spent that money on a pitcher. Or, you know, yeah. All right. Number 72, Ozzie Albies, second baseman for the Braves. Last year he was number 55. Yeah, I don't have any complaints with that yet. And then you go and you look at the guy they put over him. I don't know what these sports writers were thinking, these baseball writers. This just, oh, my goodness. You're telling me that you're going to put number 71, Kevon Biggio, second baseman for the Blue Jays. In 2020, he was not ranked. You're going to put Biggio over Albies. What have you seen that makes you think that that is the right move? I just, I literally can't understand. Let's hop into their stats real quick. Let's take a little pit stop. Hop into both of their stats, and you tell me which player you like more. So these guys have both been in the league for about two years. I'm going to read you off running stats from the player number one. Player number one, career 159 games. 574 at-bats, 107 runs, 138 hits, 76 RBIs, 112 walks, 184 strikeouts, 24 home runs, 240 average. Definitely nothing to scoff at. Definitely nothing bad. Nothing bad at all. Player number two has played in 160 games in his most recent season, 2019. 640 at-bats, 102 runs, 189 hits, 86 RBIs, 54 walks, 112 strikeouts, 24 home runs, and 295 average. So I took one guy's career stats uh, in two years and one guy's just most recent full season stats, which was 2019. Player number two is Ozzie Albies. Ozzie Albies is a years better player. Uh, the home runs were about the same, but the batting average is way better. The defense is way better. And I just don't understand how these sports writers can get off putting a guy like Biggio, who, what, his best year he hit 250, over a guy who hit 295 in his last full season. I don't understand. It's not like Biggio had that much better of a 2020. He just played more games. Ah, man, I don't know, man. Albies is definitely the better player. Uh, Biggio, I'm not knocking the guy. I think he's going to be good. I think, like I said, that Blue Jays young team, they're going to be good. But I just cannot see him being over that. No, I, I, I don't see it. I don't agree. It kind of upsets me. Oh, and don't even get me started on the fact that both of these guys are over Whit Merrifield. Oh, man, okay. You know, future-wise, yeah, I'll take both of them. But right now, give me Whit Merrifield over Albies and Biggio. At number 70, we got one of the runner-up for Cy Youngs. This guy, you know, he really showed out left-handed pitcher for the Braves. Uh, 2020, he was not ranked. Max Freed. This guy is a stud. I like Max Freed a lot. And you know what? I actually kind of like him at 70 because it's not one of those things where the MLB writers, they went out of their way to put him way too high after having a good half season, third of a season. So I'm, I'm okay with this ranking, actually. Number 69, Lucas Giolito, uh, starting pitcher for the White Sox. This guy's a stud. You know, he threw a no-hitter. Um, he definitely has been a little inconsistent throughout the beginning of his career. But I really like Giolito. I like this. At 68, another really good young starting pitcher. Starting pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, Jack Flaherty. Uh, going into 2020, he was ranked 28. And I think this is all just because of the injury bug. You know, he wasn't ever healthy in 2020. And I think moving him down 40 spots is a little dramatic. But this guy is potentially my favorite starting pitcher in baseball. Uh, and, you know, he's going to have a big bounce back here. It kind of hurts to love a guy on your least favorite team. But as a fan of the game, man, I love watching Jack Flaherty pitch. His Twitter is also hilarious. <laughs> If you, have, if you don't follow this guy on Twitter, please check out Jack Flaherty's Twitter. Number 67, outfielder first baseman for the Mets. Dominic Smith, I really like this guy. This kid has an electric bat. Um, he's a little high, but, you know, I can't complain about it. I am a big Dominic Smith fan. I think this guy is actually a really, really, really good hitter. At uh, 66, I'm not a fan of this one either, actually. 
We got Pete Alonso, uh, go Gators. Uh, first baseman, DH for the Mets. Going into 2020, he was ranked number 24. Uh, he's underrated, but just wait for the comeback. I remember going into 2020, he was ranked, I think. Some people had him over Freddie Freeman, uh, Anthony Rizzo, Matt Olson, and I was like, that is kind of insane, uh, just because he doesn't play a lick of defense at first. And when his bat's not on, I guess he's not a good hitter. He's not a good player. But, you know, Pete Alonso, he's not going to struggle like that next year. Pete Alonso's a professional hitter. Uh, Pete Alonso's, Pete Alonso, is, he has a track record of doing what he's done. He's been a masher his whole career, whether that's high school, college, all of it. Pete Alonso will bounce back, and I'm here to tell you that right now. Number 65, a guy, you know, that kind of gets underrated all the time. Third baseman for the Red Sox, Rafael Devers. Uh, this is a guy I've been extremely hard on. But I think Rafael Devers is a stud. I think he's actually going to fly up this list as the season goes on. I'm here for it. Yeah, I like Rafael Devers. At 64, Glaber Torres, Glaber Day. Uh, shortstop for the Yankees, if you can call him a shortstop. This guy doesn't play any defense. Um, I don't like Glaber over Alonzo, so no. But I think he's in the right range. You know, he was 31 last year, falling this far after having kind of a rough uh, 2020, 2020 season. I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, Glaber Torres, yeah, good. I mean, he's in the right range, so I'm not really too upset about it. Um, and yeah, this is kind of where it gets a little weird for me. Number 63, we got Eugenio Suarez, third baseman for the Reds. Uh, going into 2020, he was number 35. This guy is a solid professional hitter. Solid professional glove. And, you know, he can actually play a little shortstop. He's kind of saucy with the glove. Eugenio Suarez is kind of a monster. We've got his teammate on the left side of the infield, Javier Baez at 61. Wow, if you'd have told me in 2018 after that season that Javier Baez would fall all the way down to number 61, I wouldn't have believed you. But, you know, the last two years haven't been that great for Javier. Uh, 2019, he, didn't, he wasn't bad. He just kind of had an injury thing going on a lot and in 2020 he struggled he was statistically the worst hitter in baseball not because of average not because on base but because he produced more outs than any hitter in baseball uh you know Javi's he's one of those guys where I feel like he's still he was still a little mature last year I think this season going into it is going to be really big for him and that he needs to bounce back he needs to not get too high or too low and he needs to be good uh number 60 starting pitcher for the Nationals in 2020 he was ranked number 20 I think this is a little bit of recency bias just because we haven't seen him as much recently. Uh, he wasn't, you know, as great in 2020, but I think he's still a fantastic pitcher. We've got Steven Strasburg. Um, yeah, I think if we would have seen him pitch more, if we would have seen him, you know, continue doing what he did the year before, I think he'd be way higher. And I think he's going to climb back up this list because I think he is one of the best starting pitchers in baseball. At number 59... Devin Williams, relief pitcher for the Brewers. Uh, 2020, he wasn't ranked. I think Devin Williams is the best reliever in baseball at this point in his career. Uh, this kid's changeup cannot be touched. And, you know, he's a professional. The way he goes about pitching every game, I am a big supporter of Devin Williams. It's kind of unfortunate that all these great pitchers that I'm really big on, Jack Flaherty, Devin Williams, are young pitchers in the NL Central. But that's okay. Uh, Devin Williams, best reliever in baseball, in my opinion, right now. Number 58, uh, Liam Hendricks, relief pitcher for the White Sox. Uh, 2020, he wasn't ranked. Man, Devin, Will or Devin Williams, I would probably take over Liam Hendricks. But Liam Hendricks is a great reliever. He has a longer track record. You know, he was the setup man for Trinan, and he was fantastic when he did that in 17, 18. 19 and 20, he's been the lockdown guy in Oakland, and now he's in the south side of Chicago. He's going to have bigger leads now. 
So yeah, Liam Hendricks, I'm okay with it there. Number 57, Bo Bichette. Uh, shortstop for the Blue Jays, 2020, he was ranked 99. Yeah, I mean, I think this is an alright spot for him. I don't think he's that much better than the guys above him. Uh, but yeah, I can see it. Bo Bichette, definitely really high upside. Son of a former great player. I could see Bo Bichette turning into the guy that they have him at there. Uh, number 56, Carlos Correa, shortstop for the Astros. Uh, 2020, he was ranked 43, fell to 56. This guy's an idiot, but yes, I agree. Um, you talked about the Astros' struggles early in the year. Carlos Correa was the one guy that was hitting the crap out of the ball, him and Springer. Uh, Correa's running stats at the end of the year weren't that great. But yeah, I, I, I like this spot. Um, if he stays healthy, I think this is a great spot for him. I think Carlos Correa is a really good player. I think he just needs to keep his mouth shut. Number 55, like this is the theme thing again. Uh, second baseman for the Astros, Jose Altuve. He had a rough 2020, you know. There was a lot of stuff flying around about his name. And, you know, as a man, I bet, I bet it took a toll on him. People were, people were bullying him. People were coming at him. And, you know, people say that doesn't matter. But, no, that matters. Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, that whole team, they got a lot of crap. Uh, it was good that they brought in a guy like Dusty Baker to coach them, though. Uh, kind of, like, let them mature, um, teach them how to deal with adversity. I think he's going to ball it in 21. I really hope there aren't fans there for their sake. Number 54, Eloy Jimenez, outfielder for the White Sox. Uh, 2020, he was ranked 97. Man, this guy can hit. This guy absolutely destroys baseball. I think this is a great spot for him, but please make him a DH. I cannot watch Eloy Jimenez play left field anymore. Oh, my goodness. It's like watching a child field out there. He is so brutal in left field. Running into the net or underrunning a ball by five feet or overrunning a ball by five feet. He just moves like he's in quicksand in the outfield, and I don't like him there. 53, Brandon Lyle, second baseman for the Rays. 2020, he wasn't ranked. Uh, he's a great hitter. Uh, you know, he struggled in the postseason, uh, but he bounced back in, I think it was game two or game three of the World Series. He's a great hitter, good defender, honestly a pretty good leader. Some of the things I heard him say from the dugout, uh, watching him cheer his other teammates up, trying to keep their heads down when they're in that World Series. Yeah, I like this spot for Brandon Lyle. Number 52, Aaron Nola. Starting pitcher for the Phillies, uh, 2020 was ranked number 81. I need to see it for a full year, but yes. Uh, you know, he was good in 18. 19, I mean, yeah, he was all right. But I want to see Aaron Nola dominate for a whole year. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve this spot, but to be this far above other guys that have been consistent, like, like a Kyle Hendricks, like a Luis Castillo, like a Sonny Gray, I need to see him consistently be this superstar ace that they're ranking him like. Yeah, I'm here for it, though. Number 51. Wow, this guy came out of nowhere. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski, probably the oldest rookie ever. <laughs> Outfielder for the Giants, 2020 wasn't ranked. Man, this guy, he's in a great spot, uh, and they didn't overhype his 2020. I think the way they looked at 2019, the way they ranked guys, like Pete Alonso being the number one first baseman after hitting 54 or 55 home runs, something like that, uh, to have Yaz be an MVP candidate and not be at 51, I think that's realistic. Uh, this guy is a great hitter. His glove is fantastic. Um, and like I said, another guy that's just a good leader. So yeah, I like Mike Yastrzemski here. Um, you know, not the biggest Giants guy, but this spot, 51 for Mike Yastrzemski is very, very good. Number 50, Will Smith, catcher for the Dodgers. 2020, he wasn't ranked. Um, 31 spots over Wilson Contreras. That's where I'm stuck at. No thanks. Uh, but is Will Smith a better catcher? Yes. He's a better hitter. Uh, doesn't have the same arm tool. Definitely still has time to develop into a better framer. But yeah, Will Smith, catcher for the Dodgers at 50. 
This guy's really just a hitter that they have play catcher. But, you know, I, I like Will Smith. I think he's really good. You know, he's got that swagger. He got that fresh prince. He hit that home run off of Will Smith from the Braves in the playoffs. That's kind of hype. I like Will Smith. All right, guys, that is 100 through 50. I just got to take a deep breath in and out real quick because that was a lot of talking. I'm excited to see who they have at 49 through 1. You know, these guys that are doing these ratings, I don't know if I really agree with a lot of them, but they haven't done too bad yet. There hasn't been anything that's been, like, awful other than the pitching kind of thing and then the whole Whit Merrifield at 77. Uh, yeah. So there's been a couple things, but this list honestly hasn't been as bad as the ones before. Albies being over Biggio, that's, that's been the really blatantly awful thing. The one thing that can make this list really bad is if they like start including guys that they just like. Like I know everybody has high hopes and high future for Vlad Guerrero Jr., but man, if he is like this high on the list, it's going to be kind of sickening to see. But yeah, I mean, I don't think they've done as bad as they have in the past, but they also are only halfway there. Uh, there's definitely guys that they have they could have left out, guys that they've missed so far. Uh, but yeah, I seriously don't have any complaints with this list thus far. These guys are all really good. Um, yeah, this was a big week in baseball. I feel like a lot of things are happening. Uh, spring training starts in two weeks. Uh, yeah, the 27th is first pitch of spring training. That's super exciting. I actually just got hired out at the ballpark in Goodyear. Uh, so... Fingers crossed that goes well. I'm very excited to be working in the ballpark. This is my first job in a ballpark, and I'm stoked. I can't wait to talk baseball with the people there. Um, so, yeah, if any of you guys are ever going out to Goodyear Ballpark, be sure to ask for Matt Gregory because we can talk baseball. You know, you've listened to me for the last, I don't know, buddy. Thank you all so much for listening. It was good to break down 100 through 50. I'm excited to see what 49 through 1 has to hold. This is going to be an interesting week because MLB always gets a lot of crap for this because a lot of these rankings don't make sense. And once again, if you're interested in working in sports, please do reach out to Showcase Sports Media on Instagram. These guys, they'll put you on. They'll get you in a good position if you're really interested. Definitely let them know that Matt Gregory sent you. Check out our merch. We got Small Ball Podcast merch. We've got Ken Griffey Jr. merch. It's all pretty cool. And once again, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all have a great day. Have a good week, and see ya. (laughs) 